Both the Owensboro Police Department and the Kentucky State Police are having trouble attracting new applicants and retaining the officers they have. We're going to discuss why this has become a problem and how these agencies are trying to overcome it. Stay with us. This is Inquire. For the Messenger Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and this will be the first of two episodes that we'll be talking about this subject. Uh, this week, Owensboro Police Department Chief Art Elam will join me uh, along with the Messenger Inquirer crime reporter Jim Mays. And Jim, you just recently wrote about the difficulties that both the Owensboro Police Department and the Kentucky Police, uh, State Police, are having as far as attracting new recruits, and then also retaining the officers and troopers that they have. I know this isn't necessarily a new problem, but it seems to be getting worse. So tell us about what's going on here and how they're trying to overcome it. Hiring and retention have been issues for for quite some time. There are a lot of variables, I, I would say, that have made the situation even worse. If you want to start from the, the very, very broad perspective, there was the, the what we call pension reform that happened this year. You know, the law enforcement kept a lot of the, or they kept the same pension system that they had, but what they did do is they, they raised the retirement age. So now you have to work 25 years instead of 20. You know, 25 years is a long time to be on the beat, especially when you're, you're going to calls like domestic violence, you're going to, to you know, fatal accidents. You know, you're doing traffic stops where you don't know if the person you're walking up on has a gun or not. 25 years is a really long time when you look at it from that perspective. You know, speaking of calls, you know, call volume in the city, but also for the county and state police as well, call volume has gone up. What that means is officers, wherever they might have had some downtime between going from one call to another, that downtime doesn't really exist anymore. You know, imagine, imagine eight hours of going from domestic violence call to, you know, accident with injuries to, you know, DUI. I mean, imagine just, you know, dealing with these calls day after day after day, one after another after another. Um, and I, it's hard to quantify this one, but certainly the environment for law enforcement has changed over the years. We've had incidents of, like, the Ferguson, Missouri riots where there was a, you know, police department was, criticized. It was a pretty scary response when you saw it on the television, but, you know, there have been lots of instances of, you know, officer-involved shootings. So the officers are, you know, they're concerned about how they're being perceived in the, by the public. There's a lot of negativity towards police officers. And also there's just the danger of the job. Um, we've had unsolved, you know, officer shootings here in Kentucky. You know, officer shootings, they don't seem all that uncommon anymore. So officers are legitimately concerned about their safety. And one thing I find interesting is that, you know, Owensboro is considerably a low crime rate con compared to your larger cities, even even to Evansville, you know, across the river here, uh, just has a little bit bigger population than we do. Every time you turn around, you know, shooting after shooting, it seems like. But it seems like this idea of of being a police officer has trickled down here to where no longer just being an honorable profession is enough to attract an officer or somebody to to be an officer anymore. Can you talk about, you know, 
why that is and and how big of a problem it seems to be becoming. Well, it's hard to quantify how big of a problem it is, but it certainly is an issue that exists. You know, imagine if you, every time you went out to do an interview, someone was was tape recording you or video recording you to make sure you weren't doing anything wrong, and we're looking for a reason to, you know, to blast your image on YouTube, or you know, even to take you to court. You know, it, it certainly a it certainly affects officers that the the constant scrutiny. Now, you and I. Um, doing what we do. I mean, we certainly see that that's, that there's an important role in that. Um, a lot of, a lot of things have come to light through citizen journalism, if you will, people, you know, videotaping officers, you know, they've, they've caught instances of police brutality, et cetera. Speaking broadly, there is a lot of competition for good officers among departments. Um, you probably know this, the state police had an academy a couple of years ago strictly for, for officers who'd come from other departments. You know, it's a market where, where a good officer can go someplace else and get, get better benefits and get better salary. Uh, it's a problem. And then you have, then you're competing with just the private sector jobs, right? I know an officer who, who recently left to go to Alaris who is going to be making I believe that the fifty figure was seven hundred dollars more per paycheck. You know, he's going to be a supervisor at Alaris. Um, when you look at the environment, the you know, all the negativity that's sort of thrown at police officers, when you look at legitimate concerns that officers have about their safety, about you know officers simply being ambushed when they're in their cars doing paperwork or sitting in a coffee shop, when you put all that together, you throw on the fact that they have to work more years. You know that they constantly have to run from from call to call to call and don't get a chance to really, you know, you know, do investigative work. I mean, compared to all that, the private sector looks really, really attractive right now. And those places they they love to have officers because they have lots of experience. They're good at making decisions, and and they're going to show up and they can certainly pass a drug test. All right, thanks, Jim. Thanks for joining us, and that will do it for the show. And with me now is Owensboro Police Department Chief Art Elam. And Chief, I appreciate you joining us on our podcast uh, this week. And, and, you know, I was fascinated whenever I wrote, uh, whenever I read uh, Jim Mays' story, you know, about the issues that your department, and not just your department, but the state police and regarding uh, your officers as far as attracting new officers and then retaining the ones that you have. And so I wanted to go in a little bit more depth, you know, from your perspective on why this is happening. So can you give, you know, some of the reasons uh, why you guys are having trouble drawing applicants and then, and then, and then retaining the ones that you have? Well, Don, we are competing with many different entities, the private sector, the job market, pension concerns in Kentucky, expectations of the job and and I guess uh, perceptions of the job as well, and negative perceptions of police. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that I find interesting too, because you know Owensboro, you know, a relatively uh, low crime rate, and 
and you can you tell me if I'm wrong here, but do you guys have you know the the, the gang problem that that a larger city would have uh, that would go along with just your general crime? Do you, do you guys see that very much? If, if you're a police officer out there and you know that hey, I'm you know this is a possible gang member. Uh, someone who's going to have a gun on them and so forth. You're automatically on the defense. You're automatically on edge as it is. And then knowing that, hey, I could be videotaped and put on social media or those sort of things. Is or is that the sort of thing that's driving this, uh, what you're dealing with? Not necessarily gangs. I mean, we have our share of individuals that uh, want to claim gang membership. And, and we've had some experiences over the past couple of weeks in which, you know, several uh, shootings, and you all reported on that. However, you know, once you make an arrest or identify some people involved, those individuals teen, tend to uh, flee if they don't get arrested. So, and that helps, helps curtail that. But, uh, yes, you know, the perception of safety and what you're going to deal with here in Owensboro, uh, every law enforcement agency basically deals with the same thing. It doesn't matter how large the population is or small. It's just the level of which you would deal with certain types of crimes. Now, how are officers trained or taught to deal with video cameras, with you know people in their cell phones? Do they always assume that somebody could be videoing them doing their job? Basically, yes. Everybody has, you know, video cameras right at their fingertips, and officers are trained to allow people to do that. They have a right to do it as long as they don't obstruct or interfere with the officer's investigation and such or place themselves in harm's way to do so, uh, then we just basically allow them to do that freely. And that is nothing new been around long enough to say that when the Rodney King incident took place back in 91, we had individuals that were carrying around the big VHS cameras on their shoulders. There was no hiding that camera as opposed to cell phones now that are, are, you know, pretty small and can be hidden or whatever. So officers just, they're professional all the time and that's the expectation. So it really doesn't matter if a camera's going or not. Yeah, because, you know, with especially social media, that you guys have. It seems like when something happens, it's the negative that you see most often instead of the good or the positive your officers do. Is that played into this seemingly lack of respect that your officers are seeing on the streets now as well? It does to a degree. We, we have been very blessed here in the Owensboro community. We've got a lot of community support. Now, from time to time, we do get a rash of juveniles that misbehave and are very disrespectful, but they are disrespectful to all authority figures, such as teachers, parents, or whomever. So uh, law enforcement's no different, and, and that's something it takes a little bit of getting used to. How long have you been uh, an officer? Uh, 27 years. You know, when I was growing up, and, and as far as I'm concerned still is, you know, being a police officer is an honorable profession and 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 used to it seemed like that was enough to attract someone to be you know in law enforcement but it seems like now that's not quite enough and so what are you guys doing to to attract officers to the job because the way I understand it, you guys have lost what 11 officers since January for one reason or another yes about 10 or maybe 11 now but and, and of those 10 four retired two left to take jobs at other law enforcement agencies, one of which was Vanderbilt County Sheriff's Office, and another one was in Florida. And uh, three left to go to private sector. 
and one was terminated. You know, those are, are things that we have to deal with and constantly prepare for because the, the environment has changed, yes. The pension system is a definite concern for officers currently in the system and new pe- people considering it. So what are you doing now to, to try to attract officers uh, to the job and then retain them you know, once you have them? We are obviously try to promote ourselves, and, and I think it's going to require us to re-band, rebrand ourselves in the sense that you know, now we can expect officers to stick around three to five years just because the nature of the pension system. If you've got a 401k that is portable that you could take to the private sector and make more money, then okay, accept that. You know, we've been competing against that for years now, and what's happening is we didn't prepare. So if we rebrand ourselves and say, hey, well, I can tell you what, if you give us three to five years, I can show you where people that have worked at our organization have left to take jobs in the private sector making double what they were making as a police officer and or went on, you know, those that put 20 years on have gone on to be uh, successful police chiefs in other cities and other states. So maybe we have to market ourselves like that. I would love for people to come in and spend 25 years with us, but that's not the case. Are officers retiring earlier than 20 years now? No, if if they do, it's right at 19 and a half because they can use uh, a sick time that was accrued to make that 20-year mark. Otherwise, it would not be beneficial. Typically, if someone resigns or retires before 20 years, it's somebody who's getting a medical disability or medical retirement. How has the the current job market caused officers to retire from law enforcement? You know, sitting and, and thinking about this, is not just the job market. I think when Kentucky allowed officers to retire and then they would, were able to be rehired, that, uh, that may have hurt us because, you know, an officer can put in 20 years, draw a defined benefit, 50% of their higher three average. If they retire, sit out for 30 or 90 days, they could come back into the same position, basically as a patrol officer or whatever, and, and make that salary plus their pension. I mean, financially, it makes sense why people are leaving. So, so what are the negative impacts when you do have an experienced officer you know, leave the department? Uh, the most critical is that we lose that experience. When someone retires, we're, we're losing 20 years worth of experience that you cannot get back. So those uh, are, are some great challenges, not within, just with the Owensboro Police Department, KSP, this is uh, an issue across the nation right now. It costs, I think we figure it's roughly $100,000 by the time you hire someone, put the ad in the paper, hire them, put them through all the training in-house and a 20 to 23-week police academy, then bring them back here for 16 to 17 weeks of police training officer program where you have to pay somebody. They get paid extra money to train these individuals. By the time they complete a year, it's, it's $100,000. Is that a hundred thousand dollars per trainee, or is that a per trainee? Wow. Okay. And that's the loaded cost. The, the officers get paid while while they're at the academy. So those twenty to twenty three weeks, uh, it's going to change. It's going to drop back to twenty weeks here in July. Yeah, that's the whole duration. So they get paid their salaries while they're there, and that's money we'll never get back. So what has been happening with officer recruitment and hiring? I know you're right now. In the interview phase right now? Yes. And and is this how many how many interview phases have you been 
through this year? This year, I think we counted seven. Is that is that typical or, or above what you would like? That that is very unusual. Uh, that's more than what I would like, and our personnel department would attest to the same thing. However, times have changed, and we uh, we don't get the number of applicants that we used to. There there would be times that the Owensboro Police Department, when I got hired, it was when I do a process maybe once every two or three years. And uh, when I was hired, there were 10 officers that got hired at the same time. We all went to the academy together. Uh, maybe three to four years later, there was a class of 14. Being down this number of individuals uh, is not unusual for the Owensboro Police Department. It's happened in our past before. The, the issue is being able to pull people in to fill those positions. So what is the full capacity of, of, the, of the police department? How many officers can you fully employ? Uh, 110 full-time, and we have seven reserve positions, which are part-time retired officers. You guys reported it was about a 13% turnover rate, which is, well, that would make that about 10% of your, that you're losing a year? Yes. Why, you know, why has the number of people applying, you know, for the police departments declined? Uh, the job market, the expectations of the jobs, uh, when you can go to Alcoa, Alaris, and, and make more money, knowing that, you know, we're dealing with things that happen in Ferguson and, and Baltimore and caused a, a decline in people's perception in terms of law enforcement officers. Although, you know, our community supports us, you still have individuals that are graduating from college and, and they look, they go to job fairs and they see what's around. They're like, police department, love police officers, respect you all, uh, we need you all, but that job is not for me. So those are the challenges that we have. Whether it's real or perceived, people think that, you know, our job is like uh, people hate you all, and, and it's not necessarily true. Will the combination of retirements and the difficult in attracting new officers change the way law enforcement agencies do business? Yes, unfortunately, something has to change because if, if you can't get enough people to put out on the street to respond to calls, then you may have to limit the types of calls you respond to. Right now, we respond to, to anything and everything, basically. And some agencies have stopped responding to accidents on private property. Some agencies have stopped responding to thefts. If you don't have somebody in your, your front yard stealing your lawnmower right now, they won't come out. I hate for us to become that type of community or police department, but I mean, we've got to do the best we can for the community. All right, Chief, I, I appreciate your time coming in. And as always, just be safe out there. All right. Thank you. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Mr. Inquirer reporter Jim Mays and OPD Chief Art Elam for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquirer.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquirer. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkins saying good day for Inquirer.